In part three of Body Image, Parker, Sabrina, and Emily discuss how the image of fat is problematically located in social media and theater. They call for unrestricted and wide-ranging body representation across media. I love this group, Hello. I found people in child and youth care who agree with me on a topic that's very important. And here's the thing, is I go on like, yes, social media. So they'll have groups that are like for a certain thing and they'll be like, okay, this group is, is inclusive and positive. So that means no racism, no homophobia, no sexism, no transphobia, fat phobia is fine. They literally don't care. They're, if somebody's talking about dieting in the group, they're like, well, if they want to do that to their body, then that's their choice. And, all these, and I'm like, but it's harmful to the fat people in this group. Like, fat phobia is fine in those contexts. Like, I have found very few number of social media groups that are supposed to be inclusive and positive and none of the isms and obias, um, but fat phobia is fine. Sizeism is fine. And they're so blinded by diet culture that when I explain it, one of the most frustrating things is they just can't get it. They can't wrap their head around the three months worth of rehab information I have, um, plus all these years of recovery and research and looking into my own body experiences. Um, they don't have that. And so it's really hard to like, get the point across without them getting super defensive about their own diets and their own bodies. Yeah, I came across this show from the UK a little while ago. And I, I can't think of the name, but I can try and find it after. And it's this, like, it's like a dating show. And so it's either... So they have usually typically a man or woman stand at the front with the host and then there's six doors and behind each door is a naked person that they slowly reveal bit by bit. And then the person who is looking at the people is deciding which one they want to eliminate. They're not interested in. And every time I've seen this show, it's always the bigger body that goes first. Mm. Every single time it is someone who is plus size or bigger is the first one to go. And at the end, it is always the thinner person who is chosen by the person who is picking every time. And I feel like it's very toxic, kind of not promoting, you know, it shows different body types. And it's amazing the confidence in these people to be able to put themselves out there like that. And I think it's great. But it's also in the same time, it's so toxic when you're having someone just judge every little inch of your body at their standards. That's a tough one because, like, it is toxic, but our culture is toxic towards body difference, you know, whether it's limb difference or size difference. Like, our, like, North American culture is not tolerant of it. And so it's, it's difficult because, like, they unintentionally highlight so intensely the problem without even realizing it. It's the same with like Love Island or um, Love is Blind. Like Love is Blind would have been the perfect Netflix show in which to highlight different body sizes and really like, sh like because they picked the most beautiful people to be on that show. Right. And, then, and then the top like 16 or whatever, like the people who actually like coupled up over the course of the show, like I, nobody was like even like, you know, no one was a size 20. 
no one was a size 22, <laughs> you know, they were all beautiful, like conventionally, and they were all like relatively thin, relatively fit, like, because like, you really could have had just true, like truly body size diversity in this show and chose not to, you know, it was a casting choice, but it undermines the whole, like, is love blind? Like that was the whole like mantra of the show. And it's like, well, I don't know, like you didn't give them much to go against. You gave them personality differences, but you didn't factor in our fat phobic culture and like could people of two very different body sizes like fall in love without seeing each other and then still decide to make that work because, you know, you didn't explore that at all. And that's a missed opportunity. There's also just the lack of diversity as a whole in that show. My sister forced me to watch it and I hated every second of it. Because sitting there and, you know, it was okay for parts of it, but it's just, you know, it's nice not worrying about appearance of another person and finally you get to truly know them. And, you know, it's just, it was a very heterosexual show as well. Mm. It was all just straight couples. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. there was, no, yeah, there was no, I wish they would have had a bunch of LGBT couples. You know, you could have really gone far with the show, especially having range of body sizes religions everything you could think of but still they stuck with that thin heteronormative mindset that hollywood still has today yeah and then like the topics that did come up they didn't even handle very well like um with the one contestant and i like feel so diamond um where like she was like if i yell at you right now i'm gonna get typecasted as the crazy black woman and so I'm not going to yell at you, even though you're going to make me act a fool, you know? And like, they kind of touched on it in the like season wrap up, but like they didn't quite get into it and like all this. And that was just like, man, what a train wreck. And it could have been awesome, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. The media is tough because it's like, we push for more representation because we need it and we know it saves lives. And we know that like seeing yourself and people like you, portrayed positively in media has a direct effect on your self-esteem and on your mental health. But then at the same time, like no one, like it doesn't feel like anyone is anyone's job to like, just look at these things that are being created and being like, is this, is this accurate of the people we're talking about? Like, do fat people actually act this way? Do you know, do, do are people like this in real life or is this a stereotype? It feels like unless it's a, um, like an indie film that's exploring that exact topic. It's not a mainstream kind of thought process to go into that. Unless we're talking about like Degrassi. <laughs> Degrassi does a good job. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I was just going to ask if there's any um, programs that highlight body positivity. Like Degrassi, like is just one of the best teen shows out there <laughs> because like everything especially in these later seasons, like they really, everything they tackle, they try and do with a lot of like tact and a lot of just like positive information. But I haven't watched anything like this most recent season. But then some of them like films and stuff we mentioned last time, like Dumpling, My Mad Fat Diary, like that one was a game changer because that was the first time ever um, as a teen where I saw someone who like looked like me had the same worries as me like get the hot guy and I was like damn okay all right okay <laughs> maybe it's not a pipe dream you know I honestly you have named the ones I could think of realistically though there isn't a lot out there no. especially like naming some of the books that I have 
you know, that include like the one book I have that includes a character that I can envision myself as relating to those issues. But it's like, realistically, though, those are the very, very few things that I could, that we can think of for representation in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Typically, when you think of plus size representation in the media, it's mostly negative. What would you like to see out there? Oh, (laughs) I want like, especially like fantasy and sci-fi shows, which I like. It'd be nice. Yeah, because I never, ever see like I could think of like Game of Thrones. You don't see a plus size like a plus size female lead would make my day so like so much. Like I'd love to see like in a sci-fi show or even like in Star Wars or something like that. And just like having plus size leads and like showing like the struggles that you have to go through as a plus size person. Like I would absolutely love to see that. Like the next Harry Styles music video. I want him surrounded by size 22 and over women who are hot as hell. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah, literally. I want in the next Machine Gun Kelly music video, Megan Fox can get the fuck out. I want, (laughs) you know, a size 26 hot as hell model in there. You know, like it's just for funsies, just because like though, like people who are bigger can be hot too and can be Mm -hmm. like represented in a way that all of these like really skinny or straight size people are because it's not seen as profitable or it would be too political, which is like, it's not political. It's just reflecting the world we live in. How about? Yeah. Like the first time I actually saw like, I guess a body shape close enough to mine was, um, I love Ashley Graham. She was a mo- the model in DNC's toothbrush video. And that was the first time I'd actually seen a body even close to mine. Mm-hmm. And so it just made me so happy. I'm just like finally getting a little bit of representation. I'm like, this just brings me so much joy. <laughs> What about video games? I mean, The Sims, you can make a fat sim. And like, mm-hmm. it's really funny because oh, I play around with it, actually. And like, if you make your little sim family, if you make them fat, most like the game, like puts villagers in who are like, just different colors of the characters you've made, basically, and different genders, but they try and randomize it a little bit. And so I've noticed that, like, if I make a plus-size family, like, more fat, pe- like, fat non-playable characters will show up in my game, you know? Um, but if I make, if I, like, <laughs> I've, like, made them skinnier over time and stuff like that, and then it's mostly skinny people walking around. Yeah. So, like, and there is some size diversity a little bit, but it'll give you more of what it thinks you want to see. And so, yeah, The Sims, you can make, like, it's just a slider scale. You can do whatever you want to somebody's body shape on The Sims. Yeah. I don't know, with The Sims, like, they're not going to treat, like, The Sims is a utopia. They're not going to treat them any differently. It's just, they're just there. Yeah. Sims is one of the very few games where you have a ton of diversity in that game. Mm-hmm. And they're slowly starting to get even more diverse than I've ever seen. Because it's like, you can have, they have, like, your Sim can wear a hijab. Your Sim can be transgender. Your sim can be fat or thin, you know, your sim can just a bunch of different stuff. And then you can be like, they have like different like couples and stuff. Like it's it's so diverse and I love it. And you can customize, especially I made the sim look really creepily like me. And I was like, (laughs) oh, look at me in the video game. It was so cool. I remember playing rock band with my aunt and uncle when I was younger. And like when you, I think it was rock band four, you can like customize your character way more than the others. And like, there was a sliding scale for body size there too. So like it's it's in a couple games like that where you can kind of customize it, but like I'm thinking of like um, like Halo, no yeah, that's like Star mainstream Wars, games. no, like <laughs> you know, Tomb Raider, no. Oh. Like 
even the men don't get to be fat in those games. They're all super mm-hmm. cut. They're ripped. They're shredded. Super they're ripped. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's zero fat representation in video games, like mm-hmm. mainstream ones, which is unfortunate because then again, it's like solidifying in the cultural consciousness. So like this is how we treat fat people and this is how we see fat people mm-hmm. when like that doesn't give anybody licensed to see anyone as a fully formed individual who's entirely different than the next, you know? Yeah, like Hollywood usually does is create stereotypes around a certain kind of person. It's typically you're the funny person Mm. if you are plus size. Like Rebel Wilson, absolutely love her, but all her roles are comedic. She was always dressed different than the rest, especially in Pitch Perfect. The whole, all three movies, she always was more covered up than the other girls. They were showing a lot more skin. She always had sleeves down to her elbows to cover up her arms and stuff. And like, even if, like, I haven't seen too many of her movies, but she was recently in one, they were wearing fancy dresses at a casino. Hers was fully just covered up. Mm. And all the other girls were showing a lot more skin. What would you like to see in Emily? I wanted to see, like, wearing whatever the heck she wants to. Because, like, we should be able to wear what we feel comfortable in. And what makes us feel confident in our style. And we shouldn't be forced into the style box. Even in plus size fashion, it's starting to expand a little bit. But there's still this box of what you should be wearing if you are bigger. Because typically it's like you shouldn't wear stripes. Or horizontal stripes. Horizontal stripes make you look fatter, yeah. I just have a a horizontal stripe sweater in my closet I just got. And it looks awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, or there's floral... And just like, oh, I know the big one is the Moomoo. It's just this yeah. giant shapeless dress, you know, and you can get it in any size you need and in any god-awful ugly pattern oh. you need. The, fir- the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of the Moomoo is the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> but also Big Bang Theory. I'm a huge fan of the Big Bang Theory. And I remember Howard's mom, they never showed Howard's mom in the whole series, except one episode they showed a glimpse of her and she was wearing this blue floral mumu which they always constantly made fun of her weight in the show that was a huge running theme in that show and as much as i love big bang theory that always kind of it's a little iffy for me yeah Yeah, she's the only plus size character in that show really and they she's not even on screen (laughs) you know she doesn't (laughs) even get a name that's just howard's mom like you know yeah i never knew her name (laughs) no well and we'd be like remiss to talk about media and stuff like that if we didn't talk about adele um yeah (laughs) because there you know there was this shit storm when she was fat and about how revolutionary that was that this fat woman was being accepted in pop and then she lost all that weight and then everyone under the sun was congratulating her and all Mm. this kinds of stuff when she shouldn't have had to change if she didn't want to and then she did want to so she did which is good for her but then I'll find the article and I'll link it but it was talking about how like whether she was fat or whether she was skinny it was nobody's fucking business and like we can't put all of our cultural expectations to change the narrative about fat people on fat people like that's not our job you know it's the yeah it's it's not our like we unfortunately it's becoming our job because we're the only ones who are going to advocate for ourselves within our relationships within the giant culture at large but at the end of the day it's not our job to change anybody like we're not the minds that need to be changed. Like we are in the extent that like self-healing, letting go of all that shit so that we can live our lives. But like, it's not us who needs to change. 
everybody else and the culture at large that has to change, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. we couldn't pin all of our hopes and dreams on her to like stay fat forever. <laughs> and like, you know, just like, because then that's telling her again, what to do with her body in a way that is un- like toxic to her, you know? And it's putting like so many expectations on one person. So it was really good. I'll link you guys to it, but mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's interesting when we talk about representation, like, it's important and we need it but then like we can't turn it into something that'll end up being toxic because that defeats the purpose yeah when the whole Adele thing happened that was just a huge huge thing online and her respect went from zero to a hundred the moment when she got skinny and I'm like she should be getting that same respect no matter what size she is it's like, I've been a fan of Adele for years. And it's like, I, I will respect her no matter what size she is. Unless she did something problematic. It doesn't matter what body size she is. And it's like, also, I know another one I can think of is Megan Trainer. I used to be a fan mm-hmm. of her years ago. But when All About That Bass came out, it was a shitstorm online. Like, people were saying the worst things I could think of. Because a lot of people were saying, you know, I'll go eat McDonald's and stuff. A lot of comments like that about her when she first started her singing career mm-hmm. and it was just like just why leave her be mm-hmm. she's talented she's doing great especially in like the singing industry I noticed um like um the x factor and like shows like that they judge you the moment you walk on stage like if you don't have the look of a singer they're gonna automatically think you're bad and I remember when Susan Boyle is Susan when I Boyle. Yep. I knew we were I going love- there at the minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love her and she shows up and you know they automatically are just like oh you know or especially because she's an older woman too these singing shows are very ageist as well nice. if you're not like early 20s good looking thin you know we don't want marketable you, you can say it marketable, marketable. exactly <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that word yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like yeah no she just shocked everybody when she sung that song from Les Mis mm-hmm. and she just showed up and everybody was, they didn't expect that from someone who looks like that, who's not marketable. This has happened to so many people. Like, I remember this mm-hmm. guy, this bigger guy shows up, and he had the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. He showed up with his friend to sing this opera song, and it was stunning. But everybody was making fun of him because he didn't look mm-hmm. marketable. It was just soul-crushing. Like, the mm-hmm. audience and the judges, especially Simon Cowell, has always been one to judge people for their appearances. And if they didn't invite, and especially, I think, Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about him, too. He's always been one to judge people for their size. And it's just like having that in the media is just horrible, horrible thinking. People who want to sing, you know, they're like, well, I don't look like that. Or I don't look marketable or I can't, you know, that takes a lot on your self-esteem. Like the only time being like the fat singing lady is this another stereotype where, but oh then like, God, unless yes. you're doing opera, right? Like, you know, the only like true, I, and maybe it's just because I'm so insulated now because I'm so much care- more careful about the culture I'm consuming, but like Lizzo deals with a lot of fat shaming, but at the same time, she's also very much celebrated for her size. And I think it's, like, just her, like, truly unapologetic nature that, like, allows for that to happen. And, like, it, it took her to be able to do that, to show other people how to do that. But, like, again, it's all sorts of pressure on her. And, like, that's not fair, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. not fair that she has to be the only voice 
for positive fat representation right now because she's the first person that like our culture is kind of allowed to be size I don't even know like 22 and like have that be okay you know but it's groundbreaking like her being naked on her like album cover and it being like oh yeah you'd have to look up her chart history but it's crazy right like she's doing so good one of my favorite pictures (laughs) yeah well absolutely and it's like you know 20 years ago you never would have had that never never ever ever and let alone it being so celebrated, so acclaimed. Like, I'm pretty sure she was nominated for Grammys and all those kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't have had that. So it's like, it's really good. And it's a really positive thing. But like, you just, you know, it's a lot of pressure. And it's unsustainable when it's on one person like that. Anna, you, I don't know if you had me in a ton of um, your classes, but I always sit at the front row on the um, like left-hand side of the classroom in the first little desk. And I stay there because I can leave the class and not disrupt anyone with my fatness. I don't have to worry about crawling behind people. I don't have to worry about coming all the way from the back to the front. There's, it is an easy way. And I mean, it's also ADHD and I wouldn't pay attention unless I was up front, but a big part of it of why I didn't like being on the end or in the rows. And I liked being on the end was so that I could get up without bugging everyone. Next time any of you go to a sporting event, I don't know if anybody has noticed this as well, but there's like a way fat people sit. And it's, hold on, I'll show you. It's this. I do that. This, or they'll sit like this, or they'll cross their arms, but mostly it's like a self-hug. Yeah. And, and if you go to a theater and, and you, or in like uh, Roger's Place or anywhere where those seats are really close, the fat people will be sitting like this. Yeah, can vouch. Most of them. I went to a Citadel performance once where it was um, the way that it was set up was in a circle around the actor in the middle. And it was one of the first times I had really seen that of like all the people in the audience who were fat were sit were very uncomfortable. And they could have given more space and they chose not to. It's that small little thing that says like fat people aren't welcome in theater. And I've done a lot of work on that because I do improv now, thinking fat people couldn't be in theater. And there's a person who is like an influencer and she's local. Her name's Marielle. Um, And she does lots of um, acting and stuff. And I actually reached out to her and was like, hey, can you tell me what it's like to be an improviser who's fat? Because I want to be able to say funny things without being the funny fat kid on stage. I want to be able to be taken seriously as an actor and I want to be able to be taken seriously as a comedian on stage and not just be a laughing stock because I'm fat. And my instructor who I had for the last improv class I took pre-COVID um, was a straight size person and was so accommodating and loving in that way. And I talked to her and was like, hey, these are things I'm working on. I chatted with Marielle about it because they were friends. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, great, wonderful. And she was on board with like helping me really learn how to be in my body more and be comfy in that way, which I'm still, I mean, COVID knocked it all down and I can't do improv anymore right now, but it's, I don't know, those little teeny tiny things that say fat people aren't welcome here. Yeah. Like I'm a huge, huge theater fan. Like I love Broadway and I love going to shows and stuff. And so, yeah, every time I'm at the Jubilee or the Citadel, there's a lot of people who sit next to me and they just kind of like, they look uncomfortable sitting next to a bigger person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know even my grandma, who I go to every single Broadway show with, she has made comments about bigger bodies being sat next to. 
very negative comments and I don't say anything, but it's very hurtful when she talks about like sitting next to a bigger person and comments about their shape. And I'm just like, but one thing about, so when you mentioned Broadway, I went like in theater, it's like there, I never see plus size roles in theater, except I can think of two shows. Hairspray is the biggest one. Two, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. And the one plus size role that shows the ugly stepsister. Those are like the only two plus size roles I know of. And it's like, I would love to see, you know, I think everybody should be, everybody should, should be able to be any role in Broadway. Like if I could sing, I can't, but I'd love to do like be Christine and Phantom of the Opera or like these big roles, have a bigger body. There Anybody was a but- show called Come From Away and oh, it's, yeah. yeah. And some of the actors in that show um, were fat and uh, it, and it was nothing about their bodies. Like it wasn't a focus of the show, but there were fat actors. And I was like, fuck, that's me. Like I never get to see like, like somebody who's um, like got a larger chest or a fat person, like being on stage in a, in a cool role. And uh, other than being like a laughing stock or being the, the weird pudgy kid off to the corner or whatever. And it's really neat when I get to see folks that look like me in media and in theater, that's not about the, their size. And it's the same thing with like talking about like having trans characters that aren't struggling. Can we please just have like a trans character who just exists in TV without them needing to be like, Oh, the transition struggle. And like being, and that being like the central point of why they're having a hard time. I don't know. I would love like uh, the guy who plays Dear Evan Hansen one of these days. Like the guy who plays Evan Hansen. I want him to be a fat kid. Yeah, I don't want like Ben Platt no more. Like we need to get like a fat kid playing Evan. But then it would be about like he's lonely because he's fat. Um, But like there just needs to be bigger roles that are being played by fat people, even if it's not about their weight. They're just played by a person who's fat. One of the things that I appreciate a lot about child and youth care is that like there have been these opportunities for professional growth and professional connection. Like when, um, which is really cool because I think sometimes in schools, vulnerability is not a great thing. And it's just like, you know, kind of keep to yourself and don't talk about your stuff. But the reason that I got in this project was because I was sitting in class talking about my stuff. And Anna was like, huh, Parker has stuff. I hear a couple other students have some stuff too, right? So it's, it's really interesting how by being vulnerable and by making it known to the professors that I wanted to stay in connection and wanted to stay in, involved in the program in some way, um, it's been really cool. I really love making videos and podcasts for classes. And I used to really like coming to classes when it was not COVID time. 